Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why do ghosts sometimes see us as ghosts? If we advise people not to ghost hunt, why do we do it? If you're tired all the time, could a paranormal parasite be the cause? Hello and welcome to the 678th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And I am Ben and those varied questions came from my co-host, dad, and partner in the paranormal, Paul. So today we bring you an open line show uh, with our, without our friend and colleague Shane Searway today because of the uh, impending doom that the weather forecast has has been yes, uh, uh, spewing he comes forth. from the wilds of New Hampshire uh, all the way down here. It's only I don't know, an hour, hour and a half is not that far, but they're uh, going to get 14 uh, additional inches of snow at any moment. So. Well, uh, well, uh, well. In in any case, it is an open line show, so we will accept your calls. So the numbers are eight hundred four four nine one two four zero from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, or four zero one seven six six one two four zero here in Northern Rhode Island, and uh, we will monitor your emails. Paul at behindtheparanormal dot com for those. Okay. Well, we're going to uh, start with a few shorter ones that came in through Facebook uh, communications from listeners. We have two or three very uh, interesting, but nevertheless rather lengthy ones. Um, one of which is, uh, well, the very the we'll get into those in a minute. So anyway, Ben, uh, we have one from Craig in Oakdale, Minnesota. Baby steps, Dad. Alrighty, so Craig writes to us. Uh, I heard you two on Twin City, uh, Twin Cities New Talk in December, and I was amazed. I have a couple questions. If people should uh, not ghost hunt, why did you do it, Paul? And most of all, why did you bring Ben in? Okay, well, I'm very often taken aback by that particular question. However, it, it again, it's been well, this will be come October, my 47th year doing this, and uh, I guess I didn't know any better or something. But I was in the seminary at the time and told this story many, many times, and um, I, I was very interested in uh, what the um, eschatology was. Uh, term for the final things uh, when it came to uh, ourselves, particularly my father, and uh, I had a theory that I suppose purgatory was the answer, the old Catholic doctrine about souls and purgatory. Uh, maybe these were the so-called earthbound spirits we, we encountered. So I, I started from that point of view, and at the time... It was not a popular thing to do. Uh, the seminary looked at it rather askance. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were probably, you know, if you don't know them, they were portrayed in the Conjuring movie from 2013, and they were the first, were among the first generation of modern quote unquote ghost hunters. And I got involved with them and that sort of thing. So uh, I had some good mentors, and that's why I did it. I guess I think if I had to do it over again, I and I'd probably still do it. I. I should be honest and admit that. As far as Ben was concerned, he grew up with it. Ben, why don't you answer the question for yourself? <laughs> Wave to the people, Ben. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's 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 because I know I, I grew up with this man, so I I sort of adopted a very similar worldview. Um, I was always very cautious of it, uh, and I n- I never really took it to the point where it's like I made it my my lifestyle like some of these people do like some of these people some some of the some of the pop ghost hunters treat it as if it's like a religion almost yeah and i never treated it as such so it's it's more i i'd like to think i have a more mature approach than than some because it's not treated like bird watching it's treated more like a um i don't know more 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 of a uh i can't think of a good word for it well yeah i think you have a certain maturity uh, if you didn't, I wouldn't have brought you into this. And it was after long discussions with your mom, who had seen what I go through, too, that we decided that you'd be okay. But you were 13 years old, a little young, but you seemed to be a natural. Now, your older brother, uh, we, uh, I looked at the possibility of bringing him in, but it just, it just you know, he was he's a different kind of critter, and it wouldn't have worked, I don't think. So... Um, but the question arises uh, from uh, this Craig's question, why do we discourage others from doing this? Well, because once it be- They do more harm than good. I think so. And, and once this became popular, a popular hobby, uh, later in, really in the 80s, uh, in the late 70s and the early 80s, on into the 90s and up to today, you have 
people who even today have they may they may have twenty years of experience, but you can do everything wrong for twenty years. I mean, even with forty something years of experience on my part, maybe maybe it, I'm wrong, maybe we're wrong. But the thing is, you can unless you have a certain amount of spiritual maturity uh, or psychological maturity, you can do all kinds of damage to yourself, psychological damage, uh, especially if you run into something very serious, uh, very negative. Uh, people can and have been known to, quote, bring things home with them, unquote. Uh, it's really not a safe thing to do. And uh, I remember it's, um, I remember speaking, and I think it was 04 at, in Florida at a conference for beginning ghost hunters. And I was there against my better judgment. And uh, that's where I first met uh, our good friend Murray Silver from Savannah, Georgia, who was one of the most feet on the ground investigators. And he agreed with me when when I answered the question. Somebody answered. Some the, the moderator asked, "What would be one word of advice you would give to these people who are going to be starting ghost hunting?" I'd say, "Don't, don't do it." Murray's the only one in the room who agreed with me, and 230 people stared at me. And um, I guess I, after that, I just said, well, here we all are, and I suppose I might as well share some advice, no matter what uh, the wisdom would be of you doing this. So uh, we just don't think it's a good thing to start doing, because um, most people have no idea what they're getting into. They they have a, a very retro understanding of what this is about. Uh, they think it's 19th century spiritualism kind of stuff, spirits of the dead, and demons and this and that and what really then uh kind of makes me nervous is people who who dub themselves demonologists oh, ed warren yes. did that you know and um i mean all this stuff about the roman catholic church you know training um non-clerical demonologists and stuff i mean if that's if that's true i'd be very surprised i mean i got nailed j- just for studying the paranormal um so, but I don't know. If if it happens, it's it's. I'd be very surprised. So, I mean, it's not a good idea, and that's the reason why we uh, ask suggest that people don't do it. Well, there's uh, there's two more parts to this question. So, prepare yourself. Uh, he continues by saying, "What a horrible thing those exorcisms. What made you stay as a researcher in the paranormal after that? I would have gone. I would have never gone back to that hospital again." <laughs> Well, reference to uh, a state hospital in upstate New Augensburg State Hospital in upstate New York, where I was uh, unofficially uh, assisting a priest uh, when things started flying off shelves on the other side of a patient's room in the presence of doctors and hospital staff. You begin to think, well, this isn't just because the person's schizophrenic or something's going on like that. Um, obviously, it's uh, something beyond that. So that's one of the things we were doing. Um, they were some of them were pretty horrible. There were ten altogether, three of them on the same person, which is not a good idea. But nobody listened listened to me. Uh, so it was. Um, I'm not the sort of person who you know is afraid of things. Um, it only the experience has only made me want to help people more, and uh, they made me more curious about what was really happening because I didn't think that the whole demon possession exorcism thing was entirely accurate certainly there was some sort of creature involved here that was not human and uh our theories developed from there but um it, it didn't it didn't frighten me away by any means so he also ends with uh his question with why did you stop working with ed lorraine warren oh well that was uh, largely political i worked with them from 1972 to 1978 uh, in 1978, there was a case uh, here in Rhode Island, ironically, and I did not agree with something they were doing in this. It, it did not seem to me, and I was still in, I just, actually, I'd just been thrown out of the seminary. That was in 77. In 78, um, I, I came up, they, they turned the case over to me because uh, if they were too busy or, or doing something else and had to travel, they would uh, turn uh, the case over to me occasionally, and this was one of them. And one of the first things I heard from the woman in the house, which was in Middletown, Rhode Island, was that the Warrens had uh, done something that struck me as rather voodoo-ish, certainly not Christian uh, or any um, method or, or whatever that was acceptable uh, in the scheme of things that we were living in. So um, I wrote a letter to Ed and I said, can I meet with you when we get back? Because the, these are the days before cell phones and the email and all that. And um, he took great umbrage at me questioning their methods. 
and um, I, I, this is getting very personal here. But he was he said, well, he, he uh, we had we had a, he had an argument over the phone with me, and then but then he called back and apologized. He said, "You're like a son to me," and you know, let's let's meet and talk about this. So we met uh, at West Farms Mall in Connecticut, Farmington, Connecticut, at a nice ice cream place. Ed and I both liked ice cream. And, uh, he, you know, and when we said, well, maybe it's, you know, better to just, so we, you know, we had an amicable departure, but, uh, uh, I never heard from them again, um, which was rather sad because, um, particularly Lorraine, uh, we were, we were kind of close. So, um, and I missed her cooking a lot. <laughs> so, but, um, anyway, th- that's, that's the answer to that question since you ask it. Very well, now we move on to something completely different. Uh, Erica from Richfield, Minnesota, writes to us, After listening to you on Darkness Radio, I am thinking of ghosts in a whole new way. Why do you find that ghosts see us as ghosts? And how do you tell them that you are not ghosts? And who does this, you or Ben? Well, Ben, you want to answer? Uh, well, I mean... Well, th- th- this this is not an everyday occurrence. No, it's not, but I mean... You know, it's, 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 I've, I've never had this experience myself. Well, I've run into it since, since the seventies, really. And it, it took a long time. Really, it was, it was, as the eighties got going, that I started to formulate all these goofy theories of ours, uh, that, um, what you're really dealing with is not some spirit, but somebody, in the most cases anyway, somebody who is going about their lives in a parallel reality, a parallel world, as is theorized, very seriously in quantum physics. Uh, and it's really not a theory anymore. The, the multiverse idea is accepted by most physicists, although they may interpret it very differently uh, from one another and, and certainly some of them from us. However, we had the great uh, physicist Dr. Fred Allen Wolf on the show one time, and he, he pretty much agreed with us, I'd say 95% on our interpretation. So um, when... Uh, you are seeing a quote-unquote ghost across one of these what physicists call membranes or, B- or brains, actually, B-R-A-N-E-S, as in membranes. You uh, uh, are actually uh, looking across a, an, ele- an electrically charged, electromagnetically charged boundary between worlds. And um, on the other side may be some, someone or something, and uh, when, if they're looking back at you and are aware of you, they will see you in the same way. So, aha, from their world, if it's as narrow as ours, I'm seeing a ghost. So that's essentially how that works. It's it's quite simple if you look at it that way. And I think that's the explanation for uh, that when it, when it occurs, when they see us in the same way. Well, that's very very, very short answer to a long question. It's not a long question. That's unusual. You usually give long answers to short questions. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess, I guess moving on to another Minnesotan, uh, Julie from Minnesota. Well, we, 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 they love us in Minnesota. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So Julie writes to us, Your opinions on the paranormal are groundbreaking but very disturbing, especially because you find uh, ghosts, aliens, and demons sometimes being almost the same thing depending on the circumstances. As a psychic medium all my life, I'm wondering several things. How do you know the difference? I find this very interesting. Now, 90, 90% of psychic mediums whom we know have the old, or run into, have the old ideas about what this is, which is, again, you know, spirits of the dead and the two-dimensional approach. You've got a material world and a spirit world, and they, uh, um, that's it. And when you're dealing with something uh, mediumistically or in touch with somebody's loved one who's in heaven all the time, you know, they, they, somehow, and... Etc. Etc. You don't. You all know the drill. Um, so I, I find it very good that uh, a psychic medium, uh, such as uh, the one who is writing to us now, has um, an open mind and is willing to look at things in new ways, rather than. And, and we often get this, Ben and I. Um, don't they off? Don't they often? Um, Take our ideas and then sort of twist them in a way and say, "Oh yeah, I accept the multiverse thing," and that w- and they make it another way of saying material world and spirit world. Yeah. So they they seem like they agree with us, but they really don't understand. They agree, but they don't agree. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking of several examples. We, that's why we, we rarely have mediums or psychics as guests on the show because they all say the same things, and that, to, to me, it gets rather boring after a while. I think, you know, and just because they couch it 
in pseudoscientific terms, such as, you know, frequencies and a multiverse and all this business, uh, it, that, I don't know, I don't find that too impressive. It, it sounds scientific, but it really isn't. And again, maybe this is outside science. Maybe it's beyond science. Maybe we're wrong. But, um, so how do you, how would you tell the difference from our point of view, uh, between a parasite, a quote unquote ghost and all this sort of thing? It's, it can be difficult. And it took a number of cases, uh, at least for me anyway, in my early years, uh, to begin to tell the difference, especially when there was some communication going on and uh, I, you never trust it and you always test it. Uh, I think this takes a little bit of, well, actually a lot of experience. And I have no idea how long you've been doing this um, mediumistic practice, but it's um, really, if, if it, uh, just because it feels good doesn't mean that it's not negative. I would say, if there is, this is going to sound kind of hokey, but if there is a presence of love or positive energy, uh, at all, uh, particularly in, in any amount, I would say that that might be an indication that you may not be dealing with a parasite. Parasites seem to be repelled by what we would call positive energy and a parasite, just for those who don't know, uh, is the basis of our legends about demons and evil spirits because we don't know how else to categorize them and they do fill the bill they they seem to be multiversal creatures in other words they seem to be able to travel between uh worlds uh, as in the multiple worlds uh, aspect of quantum mechanics and they seem to feed on whatever they or whoever they find there and we found them feeding in several worlds at once uh, the particularly the haunted policeman of vermont case one of ben's two first cases and uh, there was a, a, apparently a parasite, parasitical entity, which is not human. It's not a spirit. It's not a servant of Satan. It's a a, a, a creature that lives on negativity. I mean, there's every everything is out there in the multiverse, whether we're familiar with it or not, in our own uh, books of biology. So as a result, we um, found this uh, something negative going on in a parallel reality. I thought I think it was a, a fight that ended in a, in a death. Uh, was not may not have been in our world at all. It was feeding on that, and then it would it couldn't get enough from that. It would come into our world and feed off this this policeman and his fiance who were fighting very frequently, arguing in the, this basement apartment, and uh, they would actually see it when that occurred because it would strengthen uh, by feeding on their energy. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to parasites. So I'd say look for positivity, look for negativity, and that is the beginning, perhaps. Uh, with some experience of finding the difference between these these various critters. Um, I would say great care should be taken. We advise people not to seek this out, as we just said in the, answering the previous question. Uh, however, it's different when it happens to you. Sometimes it seeks you out, seemingly. You may live in a place where there's negativity and these things will manifest. And um, every day we hear from people who live in houses and new houses or old houses or or whatever sometimes even in, in uh, mobile homes and they have stuff going on and it might not necessarily be because of them uh, but if they are negative they have a lot of um, negative energy they're putting out then that will that will result in uh, probably more trouble so i would just say some experience and look for the positivity that's what i would say what's our next uh, next one right there? well there's actually a couple parts of the question oh okay so i mean Great, but there's more to it. So she she continues with saying, I was really disturbed when I looked back over my own work with spirits, uh, which you say are probably not spirits at all. I uh, do not do this for a living, but when I do it, I have sent many spirits, people, or whatever they are, into the light. But you say uh, this could be a terrible mistake. Is there any way to tell where the particular light leads them? Wow. This is one of the scariest things that I think mediums do in in our opinion you'll always hear them say well and they're all very proud of themselves that's i would i would add that as as a condition um in the earlier part of the question about how to tell the difference between these entities parasites some species anyway will play upon your ego and there is a lot of ego in this field all right and particularly we've seen among some mediums and, and psychics that it's, and it can be a real problem. It can really cloud the judgment. So I think what uh, 
we we have to be aware of here is that um, many of these people tr- think that the light, and again, this is old old time spiritualism. You're in touch with some kind of quote unquote spirit. Uh, they're confused, they're in trouble, they're angry, whatever, and, and you say, well, go to the light, because presumably they'd be in some spirit world where they can turn around and see some kind of light, uh, which is actually the, the way into heaven. Okay, that, That's the pop belief. However, the light, in our opinion, and we, we believe we actually have photographs of this, is in fact, probably, the um, the boundary of a world. They may be seeing the boundary uh, of the world from which we're communicating with them they they that's how they may see us as as ghosts as they sometimes do as we said earlier and i think the real danger here is that they may be seeing uh, the boundary of a, of a of a hellish world because everything is out there one of the, one of the, the principles in deepest darkest quantum mechanics is that in this multiverse uh, one of the ideas anyway is that all possibilities exist everything that you can conceive of everything that is possible actually exists in concrete reality in some uh, somewhere or some when in the multiverse so as we often joke on, on our show near halloween uh we'll say well the great pumpkin well charles schultz the cartoonist of the peanuts car- cartoon strip never would have been able to think of that concept were there not somewhere or someone in the multiverse where such a creature or similar creature actually exists? So uh, be that as it may, I think uh, that's just an example. So when you are, you mediums out there are sending someone to the light, you may be sending them in, into a hell world. And just because you never hear from them again does not mean that they went to heaven wherever or whatever that may be. And uh, the, the final chapter of our book has to do with what is heaven, the behind the paranormal, everything you know is wrong. A little bit of a plug there. but So I think that's really the best way to answer it. You, do, you don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand where you're sending anyone. Is there, is there a way to tell? Not that we've ever seen. All these boundaries tend to look look similar in the sense that they are uh, um, they tend to be bright, uh, again, but that's because of the plasma that uh, seems to adhere around them. I just don't think there's any way to tell. I don't think there is either. Uh, you know, unless it's... you go there yourself, which I don't know, I'm, I, I wouldn't be prepared to do. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Maybe a shaman might, because shamans routinely travel from world to world, so so they tell us. And well, there they, are people who claim that they're shamans too, just like that's another thing. psychics. Yeah. yeah, I'll answer a question that wasn't asked. In order to be a shaman, you have to live the life and walk the walk. And were Shane here, he would be able to explain that uh, better than we can. Uh, he may he may call in. That would be good. We'll see. Um, but uh, if people, you know, they read a few books. And this goes for not only shamans, Ben. This goes for people who want to be the ghost hunters and all this business. They read a few books, many of whom are written, many of which are written by people who don't know what they other people who don't know what they're doing or saying. And uh, they read a few books, and all of a sudden they're experts. They go out and do a few things, and aha, I'm a shaman. You know, well, you're not. You have to walk the walk. You have to train under a shaman, uh, and and this sort of thing. And it, it's difficult. It's long. It's discipline, and it's a lot of hard work. And involves a lot of things people don't like to do in this society, like fasting, things of that kind. Yeah. And um, a lot of times, even worse, a lot of times, uh, if if they are in a tradition where. DMT or, or other artificial stimulants are taken. Uh, they'll just start doing that, and it becomes, you know, so it's it's really a really a mess. So um, again, you have to walk the walk. So that again, answering a question that wasn't asked. Right. So, so now on to the essays. Uh, actually, we're going to do um, a break. Just kidding. Bottom of the hour. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, open line show today on WON twelve forty. Broadcasting for 70 years in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Joe Callahan, host of Coffee and the longest-running panel discussion show in American radio. You never know what topic will pop up on Coffee and So join us weekday mornings 8 to 9 on ON 1240 WOON Woonsocket Radio. Radio, open 
Okay, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We'll talk about our charities in our announcement section, number of charities we've adopted on the show, uh, many of the veterans' charities <clears throat> on either side of the U.S.-Canadian border, too. Uh, so now let's um, continue our open line show. Unfortunately, our uh, good friend and colleague Shane Searway was uh, unable to join us from New Hampshire today because of uh, the weather, and it's coming down pretty heavily out there now, I can see already. Uh, so we have some lengthy ones here that we will we will just start with one this is from grant and grant is in british columbia let's take it piece by piece uh where did you want me to start from the very uh, beginning well, yeah let's start from the very beginning we'll, we'll take that first paragraph okay uh i have had a lifetime of paranormal um uh extreme extreme close-ups and even uh many daytime uh witnessings uh everything from ufos uh one resulting with four of us losing six or seven hours of time uh, and, uh needless to say uh, but in that one like an idiot i tried to uh, calm my wife who uh, was still out of control and crying for hours after we some we were somehow back in this world I told her it's okay, this has been happening to me my whole life, and as I explained, my first frightening encounter when I was five years old, uh, she was the first person I shared my secret uh, world with, and it was not very long uh, after that that she left me uh, for no reason, just just had things uh, to think about, I guess. Uh, your theory is about this uh, being more than silly words we call paranormal is right on. I have analyzed this uh, from a first-hand basis and cross-referenced after seeing small glimpses of connections in the hundreds of quantum and particle uh, physics books I've, I have read. Not only is everything energy, i.e. particles with negative and positive spins caused by electrons spinning around the nucleus, uh, but the, uh, let's call it DNA or instructional mapping for everything, such as our molecules making up our bodies, are all held together. More importantly, uh, combined formed held together through what is called uh, mm, uh, why don't we, why don't we okay <laughs> now uh it has been um uh suggested that people uh get college credit for listening to some of the, of our very erudite and intelligent uh and articulate uh listeners who write in and i was um suspecting that grant perhaps uh, was a physicist from his very articulate presentation and the rest of this uh email which we will uh look at off the air because you know we don't want to uh get too uh, far into that for and confuse everybody but uh his uh his point that he was not a, is not a physicist apparently he's a banker uh is is uh rather interesting certainly a very intelligent one but the uh the initial point that he makes uh, missing time and uh, four of his he and four of his colleagues business colleagues apparently experiencing this uh, and people very often ask, what is this missing time thing? The common interpretation, when particularly when you have UFO events going on, is that you have been abducted and that uh, you have been kept um, in a craft or something or some situation for um, a period that uh, amounts to or is almost the same as the missing time that you have experienced on your own clock uh, back here. That's... Um, Something that uh, is debatable, no one really knows. Uh, of course, when it happens to you, it becomes quite real. The question of what happens during missing time uh, has, has been addressed in a number of ways over the decades since the abduction phenomenon became very well known with the Barney and, Betty and Barney Hill incident of 1961 uh, in New Hampshire. Seems to be a center of paranormal activity in New England here anyway. And the <clears throat> the apparent um, uh, explanation was that they were literally uh, taken aboard a craft. Uh, this is what they remembered in hypnosis. Uh, there were medical experiments done, things of this kind, and some information about uh, uh, a star chart was conveyed to them, and uh, this sort of thing. And there was uh, there was an interaction of uh, a number of different kinds, and uh, mostly medical. So there's that. And then there is the <clears throat> the theory that perhaps some of these people anyway who experience missing time are taken aboard a craft and uh, are taken away uh, for an indefinite period, but because the craft must be traveling at the speed of light, uh, according to uh, some of Einstein's theories, uh, aging would take place very slowly for them. 
Uh, however, that may or may not be true. I suppose it's possible, but I don't know if that's, you know, why you would take somebody aboard your craft and then go zipping around the galaxy for a short period rather than just do what you have to do and be done with it. I don't know. Of course, as Ben has often pointed out, sometimes to the ire of uh, certain guests, uh, we cannot ascribe Human, human traits to non-human entities. Human motivations are human traits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they are non-human entities. Right. Or if they're entities at all. Yes. So uh, the missing time thing is um, very interesting. Uh, we would like some time to uh, digest the rest of Grant's material here and perhaps um, wa- not water it down, but but uh, redact it. As, that used to be a biblical studies term. Now you hear it in the news. Redact it and uh, perhaps come back uh, on the next Open Line show, which is in two weeks. Hopefully Shane will be with us and and deal with it then. So uh, that seems to be uh, <clears throat> rather um, an interesting and involved, but, but it, it's good to have uh, some kind of validation from someone who has studied the subject of physics uh, because we do get that sometimes. But as a rule, physicists, I don't know, a lot of them are very nervous about how we portray this, and they may agree with us privately, but they certainly don't like to do it on the air, uh, particularly if they are not tenured professors. Okay, here's another one, Ben. Uh, this is, um, I would take this a step at a time. This is from uh, Miriam. No idea where she's from, but it's... Um, so from somewhere... Interesting, interesting uh, communication. So Miriam writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. I heard your interview on, Mysteri- on the Mysterious Radio podcast. Thank you for sharing. It was very interesting. I, I've been having some issues uh, with my life you know, you know, as a whole uh, since I was very young. I have always uh, been somewhat of a tormented soul, extremely sensitive and always feeling depressed and headaches as far as back as I can remember, the five or six. Growing up, I continually... Uh, was attacked, bullied, and hated by my peers. I had a bit of a temper and uh, would feel deep emotional responses to things. I uh, just always thought that I was a sensitive person. That's why I felt depressed and suicidal for years. I never understood why uh, when people got really close to me, they would turn on me. Uh, fast forward to present, I'm, thir- I'm now 35, and uh, life has been a journey. Uh, my father dying of cancer uh, to battling... Uh, myself has been an uphill battle for my happiness, so I went to seek counsel and guidance at this spiritual healing school called the uh, Dina Center, and I cannot pronounce that. All right, well, why don't we hold it there and sure. just address some of the things. One thing that's, I don't know what strikes you here, Ben, but one of the things that strikes me is that there seems to be a lot of negativity uh, that isn't necessarily her fault. Right. Okay. And the question arises, why do some people seem to have lives that are just plagued with one misfortune after another, uh, one negative synchronicity after another, uh, and other people do not seem to be so plagued. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know you've known some some people you've gone to school with who <laughs> have known, had, have know. been friends with some of those kids. Um, I think that it's it's all about attitude. Uh, the your the your thoughts determine your life. You know. The way the way you interpret situations, the way you act, uh, determines you know what sort of I'm, I was I'm gonna throw this out in a really strange way. This determines what sort of world family you sort of belong to. You know, like if um, you know if you if you constantly like are down on yourself, of course everything bad's gonna happen to you. But that doesn't sound like that's what you're trying to do. But you know. Maybe because of all all of the the environmental things around her and the responses that were that were given and sort of determined what sort of stuff hung around her. By stuff, I mean you know the worlds in which the consequences were always you know not that great. Yeah, it does seem that so. In a way, this sort of thing could be uh, her own fault or our own fault because well, maybe not consciously. I mean, I mean no, not consciously. No, I think that um, maybe you're onto something. I don't know. I mean, we're not licensed counselors here but i think there is a matter of negativity i'm not a psychologist folks no 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 a uh, matter of negativity uh it, it's just it really um it it, it propagates it, it metastasizes and it's it's just uh poisonous for our whole lives but the negativity isn't necessarily from us it could come from as as she points out in her in her email well, come on from well like i said your yeah, environment other yeah, yeah peers treating her terribly uh and all sorts of negative things happening. So that's uh, <clears throat> that's sort of a 
something that, that we, we sort of notice, and translate that to a paranormal scenario, we very often find that people who have had these really negative experiences and who uh, have uh, probably, usually through no fault of their own, become uh, down, so to speak, um, can be f- fodder or food, literally, for parasitical entities. That seems, and the buttons can be pushed by these entities when they farm, for lack of a better term, ourselves or our families or anything else. So the question arises, what do you do about that? Um, well, there is a principle in, for lack of a better term, new age philosophy, uh, where, okay, you, you can create your own reality. Okay. But again, but like much of even Christian spirituality, I find that it's very uh, inward looking and that is not good because looking inward gets us nowhere. New age philosophy is very individualistic. And if you look at the, the multiverse theories that, that we are always talking about, it gives you a, a very different view of what we should be looking at as far as ourselves or other people are concerned. It suggests that we need to look outward. We need, of course, to accept ourselves. And that, that, that can be a tall order for many people who've had negative experiences. But try and do that and then look out at others. You find yourself in other people. And one of the things that we sometimes quote, especially when people are, are blaming me for not accepting their religious beliefs, is, with my seminary education, is that uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, the famous quote, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's a lousy English translation. If it were translated properly from Greek, it would be something like, love your neighbor because he is yourself. Really changes the whole idea of what we call the island theory. You know, total self-absorption, everything's contained within us. It's not about, you know, you or me, it's about us. And that, I think, is a ticket that may be a good way out of this kind of negativity, or at least a start. Easier said than done, however. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I think we should keep reading. Okay. There's there's more, yes. a lot more. There's still, like, a page to go. Yeah. Okay, so where was I? Oh, yeah. So she, she went to this this uh, this spiritual healing center. So after a year year's worth of classes, I decided to go through a healing process called Panchakarma. Uh, with the owner of the center for four months. But a week prior to going to the center uh, for the healing experience, a few strange things occurred. My fire alarm started making uh, very strange sounds, almost sounded like a distorted voice. It has had a brand new battery in it and has never made this sound since. Uh, also, I ha- also, I had a friend over for, five, for a few minutes af- and a few minutes after he left, I was just sitting quietly in my chair when uh, the chain by the door started going back and forth all by itself. I froze in my chair, just astonished watching this. Uh, then a few seconds later, the kitchen light turned itself on by itself. Uh, I just started to pray, but didn't know what, what to make of it, really. So I go to my five-day healing. Uh, they they had me eating special foods, drinking purgatories and herbs for cleansing the body. I did not have any substances, and it was very clear. On the fifth day, the teacher slash healer and her assistants were doing the last therapies on me. Each morning, the teacher would read my pulse and how they check the vitals, balances, or imbalances in the body. Uh, she had had her her hands on my wrists, and all of a sudden, she moved uh, her hands quickly from my wrists. Uh, she, lo- she looked at me and said that she felt an entity on my pulse uh, that tried to push her hands off of me. Uh, when she said this, I thought she was insane. I did not believe her at all. Then she asked my permission to remove the ghost she felt uh, had attached itself to me. She didn't feel it was demonic, but a lost soul. I figured, what the heck? So uh, she, she, I was like, okay, go ahead. Uh, I think I, If you think I have a ghost, remove it. Inside, I was thinking this lady was a little out there. She puts, a, uh, she puts, on the, uh, puts me on a massage table, face down. Uh, the other three women assistants surrounded me, uh, one at my feet, and the other two on the opposite sides of me. They all have uh, their hands on me, and she at my head. She pulls out three these little gold knives with gems on them, and shows them to me, and tells me that they are ancient Indian swords that cut cords and negative spirits or energies. Uh, she then pokes them gently on my neck, 
and starts asking the spirit to leave. I cannot even recall the things uh, that she said because all of a sudden my body started convulsing like an exorcism and I couldn't, I couldn't control my body. Uh, I, I was screaming uncontrollably and my hands uh, seized up as the woman uh, held me down to the table. I think this must have lasted for several minutes, but it seems as if they had seen a ghost. Uh, it was very scary. Later that night, I kept seeing shadows out of the corner of my eye uh, flying down the road uh, when I was driving back uh, to my place, or the place I was staying. Uh, I came back home feeling very free and good. Uh, maybe it was some of the bad habits of the people I chose to be around. I started feeling so tired again, hearing uh, voices of suicide, feeling negative and drained. And uh, a few days later, after listening to your interview on Mysterious Radio, I decided to look up your website. I found uh, the free shows and clicked on one, and as soon as you started to speak, my headphones flew off of my chair. It was across the room. Uh, I got I got scared to immediately put something else on. Uh, I put some garlic outside my house and uh, came home and found that it was moved and one was peeled. Uh, maybe a cat took one. Who knows? Uh, anyway, I've I feel scared all the time and tired, and I just and I want to get my goal. I want to get set my goals, but there is something in the way. Any thoughts? Thanks for reading. Well, I think that uh, well, this 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 is these are things I've heard before. Uh, every one of them in different circumstances. But if you go to a place and you start seeking help and you start having all kinds of trouble, I would yeah. say that's not entirely what. Uh, <clears throat> You, you, I don't think it's a good situation. Um, I'm going to read this again uh, off the air and, and formulate more thoughts, and we'll get back to this in two weeks when we have another open line show, because I'd love to get Shane's take on this. Right. The idea of um, – th- there are a lot of Asian traditions where they will um, remove a spirit from your body. Okay. Now – this the whole notion of spirit, and, and I guess our, our medium who wrote earlier uh, asked about this. Maybe I didn't get into it enough. The whole notion of spirit is is very slippery to to me anyway. Uh, we assume that something that is there that you can't necessarily see or can't necessarily hear has to be a disembodied being because you can't see it. But we raise questions like, well, how come you can hear it if it doesn't have any body? It has no vocal cords and all this business. We, we've been into this uh, on the air a number of times. Yes. So the question here is what is it that was removed, if anything, from you? Was it uh, a conscious aspect of yourself from some other parallel reality? Because one of the things about this multiverse thing is that you're, we're existing, if it's true, in many worlds at the same time, sometimes in many forms. And worlds in which you could exist without a body would have to have laws of physics that are so different from what our world families, the ones around us, would have, that I think that the, the ghost you see and think is a spirit, I mean, if it really is a spirit, that would be extraordinarily rare, if possible at all, with the laws of physics in our own world. Yeah. Now, when you have a paranormal experience, you're partially in the world uh, of the one, or at least your consciousness is, in uh, of what it is you're seeing, hearing, or feeling, or whatever it is. So I think that when uh, in these these traditions where people will remove a spirit from you, I would like to know more. Well, what do they think it is? And in this case, uh, she explains that it was a, a lost soul. Well, what does that mean? I mean, there are plenty of lost souls who are walking around on the streets today. Um, in many in many worlds, we ourselves are lost souls. In in possession and exorcism, I got the impression that this per this person was in touch and had bonded with a very negative aspect of themselves, in this case a parasite, because the unity of the life life in the multiverse is uh, is indiscriminate. So there are so many questions that arise here. I'd like more time to consider it, Miriam, and we will go back uh, to this in a couple of, um, in uh, two weeks when we have our... Um, our particular uh, open line show with Shane, I'd like to get his views on this. But I think Indeed. you've touched on many very important points here, um, <clears throat> including, <clears throat> excuse me, the physical aspects. <clears throat> one of which we asked in, in our introduction: uh, if you have fatigue, if you have uh, certain kinds of illness, could these be parasites? There's a danger, I think, to <clears throat> attributing one's problems to 
parasites. Well, I mean, people are – it's sort of a tacit agreement, you know. People have to participate in the phenomenon. They, they do. And uh, say, well, I, I'm tired because of the parasites. Now, we do run into that. Chronic fatigue syndrome – from people who are involved in, in negative situations where these things are feeding on them. Naturally, it's going to make you tired. I've run into that uh, very frequently over the years. But uh, <clears throat> it's a matter, too, of, of how do you separate? What, what's If you've got a parasite situation and you're convinced that it really is true, what do you do? Uh, do you do you advise people to seek medical care for whatever physical symptoms they're having? How do you tell that the uh, physical symptom is a result of the parasite activity. I must say that it did, I did find while working in psychiatric hospitals as a, as a seminary student that paranormal events and uh, psych and uh, psychoses would would sometimes be intertwined because what's more negative than psychoses and uh, they will feed on it. Yeah. And it was real and, and sometimes in even the exorcism cases that that was true. So um, it, it's a very deep well, a kind of a swamp, and, and it's <laughs> difficult to navigate through it, and we're still really learning. I don't know. Ben, you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's interesting that um, even after this sort of this sort of ceremony, like the, the phenomenon sort of seems like it got worse. Oh, I've seen that lots. Of, that, that used to happen with the Warrens. As a matter of fact, they, before they met me, so they said, they used to do seances routinely because Lorraine was a, a light trance medium. Uh, as I described her. And, uh, I said, you know, first of all, they were supposed to be so, so Catholic. I said, you know, that is not a Christian thing to do. You're not supposed to do that. And that seemed like news to them. And then they, uh, they said, it's funny you should say that because sometimes it, w- it will get worse after we do the, the seance. I said, well, yeah. And, uh, according to Lorraine, they didn't do any more seances after that. I don't know if that's true, but. Uh, these things can uh, can get worse. It doesn't have to be a seance. It might be just a negative <clears throat> tradition that's going on, or whatever was done in this center. I don't know. We'll have to. I, we're going to examine it. Or further. people messing with stuff that they don't understand. Uh, yeah. Well, people often mess with things they don't understand. Exactly. exactly. All right. Well, I think we um, have just about exhausted our time for the questions. We do encourage you to write in. Uh, Paul at behindtheparanormal.com is the email. Uh, or Bennett behind the paranormal.com, but that has its issues sometimes. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, and so, um, thank you for everyone who wrote in and, uh, we will have another open line show in two weeks. So hopefully the weather will hold out so our dear friend Shane can get down here from New Hampshire and, and uh, be with us because it's a good kind of panel thing. But as Samuel Clemens once said, there is no such thing as climate in New England, only weather. That's right. All right. So le- let us get to our announcements. Ben, if you would be so kind. So yesterday, February 11th, uh, we were at the uh, Barnes & Noble bookstore at the Crossings in uh, Smithfield, Rhode Island, between the snowstorms, uh, for a presentation and book signing. Met some great folks, and uh, many thanks to Amy and Corey from Barnes & Noble for arranging everything for us. And uh, this Saturday, February 18th, we'll be at the Danbury, uh, Connecticut Public Library for a program and book signing beginning at 10.30 a.m. It'll be a long day. Yes. Uh, Anyway, announcements uh, as well. what we're referring to when we talk about book events for ourselves is our new book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, uh, from Schiffer Publishing. It's in most bookstores, and if they don't have it, they can get it. It's also available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and uh, other online retailers, though it is not available in Kindle form yet. That, that's the publisher's policy, apparently. That comes later. Uh, but if you're really serious and hardcore, you can get an autographed copy of the book or any of my other books at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, or our main website, NewEnglandGhost.com. Just click on the bookstore uh, link on either of those sites. So on uh, to continue with our, our uh, hair-raising uh, events here, uh, barn-burning events, Saturday, March 4th, will find us at the Barnes & Noble Bookstore in Hadley, Massachusetts, uh, for a presentation and book signing uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. Um, and what do we got after that, Ben? Okay, so we have on Saturday, March 11th, uh, we'll be at the Book Lovers Gourmet Bookstore in Webster, Massachusetts, for a presentation and signing beginning at 2 p.m. Uh, that's right in our listening area, so you have no excuse not to be there, folks. <laughs> uh, the following week, Saturday, March 18th, we'll be presenting and signing at the Toadstool Bookshop in Keene, New Hampshire. That's, uh, I believe, the largest independent bookstore in New Hampshire. Really? 
Yes, so hopefully the snow will hold off for that, and uh, we're going to look forward to that. And it's, it's the Keene store. They have, they have stores in three locations, uh, but it's the one in Keene. So major events where we will be speakers this spring will include the 2017 Northeast Parafest in Kittery, Maine, on April 29th. Uh, Shane also will be there, Shane Searway. Uh, and the Saucer Symposium at the KRI Center for Consciousness Studies in Stratham, New Hampshire, on uh, May 20th and 21st. And on the 21st, We'll do uh, the live show noon to 1 p.m. from that event with a panel of the speakers and take another 10 years off Ben's life. Ah, yes, it'll be great. Because he has to be the producer. Everyone will have a great time. And uh, new events are being uh, added frequently, so check BehindTheParanormal.com, show website, or our show Facebook page for updates. It seems every other day you're sending me a text saying we have a new event planned or whatever. Well, it's gangbusters. It's, it's, the book is selling well. I'm very pleased to hear that, and pe- people seem to like it. Um, I haven't had any negative feedback on it yet. The, the only thing people have been saying uh, negative is the, the print is a little too small. That's, well, but that's, that's how publishers save money. That's I know. True. I used to be one. So. <laughs> I know. I yeah. used to be one. Yeah. Uh, a dirty trick. Well, not really. It's... It's a pretty good trick. Anyway, so our YouTube channel, uh, Behind the Paranormal Case Files, is up and running. Our fourth video is forthcoming, which eventually it'll go up. I've been saying that for weeks. I have been saying that for weeks, and I do apologize for the delay. Well, you got a lot on your plate. Yeah, well, we won't get into that. So, But the fourth video is about the famous Bridgeport Poltergeist case of 1974, in which my dad worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren. And you can find our YouTube channel by just going to YouTube.com and typing in Behind the Paranormal, or you can check it out via our Facebook page. And you can find out more about the show, our public appearances, and more at the uh, BehindTheParanormal.com site. And you will also find there nearly, uh, probably more now, than 700 free recorded shows from both uh, ON 1240 and here in, in uh, New England and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. Many of you will be happy to know that this site and NewEnglandGhost.com, too, are going to be completely redesigned and will be brought uh, into the 21st century with some new features and some better interfaces as soon as we can figure out Adobe Muse. <clears throat> and you can find my other books on uh, Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, Barnes & Noble Nook. Those include Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and, of course, Rhode Island, A Genial History, for those who might be interested in that interesting subject. Um, and uh, if you buy the books at our site, we'll be happy to uh, sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those recorded shows free. Uh, also on our website, you'll find direct links to several of the charities Ben and I hinted at uh, during the break. Uh, that includes usacares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, doing great stuff out there for at-risk youth, and helpforhaiti.com. So please support those great charities uh, when you as, as much as you can. So anyway... Um, What do we got next for Sunday there, Ben? So next Sunday, February 19th, my dad and I will welcome Michelle Markham for a discussion of demons, indoor rain, and more. I've actually seen indoor rain, believe it or not. Have you really? Oh, yeah, it was cascading down a set of stairs. Right. We leave you this afternoon with a thought from the American clergyman, social reformer, speaker, and anti-slavery activist, Henry Ward Beecher. Affliction comes to us not to make us sad but sober. Not to make us sorry, but wise. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we will see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.